Thank you, Kathy, and thank you, Lucky and Laura, for sharing your gifts of music with us, and Hannah, of course, also. If you've been here at United Church over the summer months, you know that Pastor Kathy and I have been preaching a series on the great call stories in the Old Testament. A couple weeks ago, I preached on Noah's call, and then uh, last Sunday, Pastor Kathy preached a little bit on uh, the call of Joseph. And today, we turn uh, back to the book of Genesis to explore the call of Abraham in Genesis 12. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mind and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. I missed all of you last Sunday as I was traveling with my family to go visit my parents who live on the other coast of Florida. I think both our own children and parents received a bit of perspective and after these stay-at-home orders, a bit more sanity as well. We were grateful for having that experience away and in making that drive, I had to of course take precautions regarding the virus. Which direction would I go knowing that the children would have to probably stop? Should I go along Alligator Alley or should I go further north on I-70 through Okeechobee? And if you are a dad in the congregation here on Father's Day, you know what I know. We dads never admit that we get lost. And we never ever like to ask for directions. But thankfully I did not get lost, nor did I ask for directions, because I simply did what we do in the 21st century. I map-quested it. Got data exactly how I should get there, step-by-step -step process, even compared for me those two routes. For it is some of the most reassuring data we can have if we're going somewhere, am I right? The step-by-step -step process by which we can get from point A to point B. It's as true of a road trip as it is for life as a whole. We like to know where it is that we are going to go. Perhaps this is why Abraham's call story is in many ways quite unsettling to me in Genesis chapter 12. For part of what God calls Abraham to do is to get going without his knowing. God says to Abraham, I want you to leave your family of origin, I want you to leave your country, and I want you to go where I am going to call you to go, and by the way, I'm not gonna show it to you until you actually arrive little by little into that territory where I am calling. Yikes! I don't know about you, but if I were Abraham here in Genesis uh, chapter 12, I would say, can I get that map question, please, God? For it really and truly is part of what makes Abraham's call story in the Old Testament distinct from many of the other call stories. The call of Noah, we're told Noah is called to build an ark, and then God gave Noah in Genesis step-by-step -step instructions as to how Noah was supposed to go about doing that. God called Moses from the burning bush, and then God was very clear with Moses about what he was supposed to do next and where he should go. 
God called Joshua to go across the uh, Jordan River and parted the waters of the Jordan. And then right afterwards, God is very clear about how Joshua is to go into the promised land. He gets it step by step. Abraham, not so much. Abraham's call was the call to go, even though he did not fully know. This scripture is indeed unsettling to many of us because it is often and frequently the call of God in our lives to make a change or to go even though we don't know where it is that God is leading us completely. We know God will show it to us, but we don't have the destination. Consider for a moment recently where you've heard a call from God in your own life to go even though you don't quite know. Maybe like Abraham, it is the call about a literal move or a change of location. Or maybe it's a call to shift from one season in life to another. Or maybe it is a call, physically speaking, to get some treatment or to move in a certain direction for your health, but you don't quite know where it's all going to go. Or maybe it's some kind of change you've heard God call you to make. You felt called to go forth in that change, but you really don't quite know how it is all going to work out. We get Abraham's call, do we not? We often have to go even though we just don't know. If you're in Abraham's shoes this morning, I have some good news for you and some bad news. And I'll begin with the bad news. The bad news is this, God is often not into math quest. <laughs> Proverbs 16:9. in his heart a man plans his steps, but it is the Lord who determines that man's course. And really and truly, part of what we see in God throughout uh, Scripture is a God who will often reveal to us, little by little, where it is we are going. You know the age-old adage, if you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. We all want to have the journey figured out, and point B figured out, and the destination figured out, and the arrival time figured out, before we have to go. But as we surely know, life doesn't always work that way. I'm reminded of a scholarly quote who once made this remark. He said that we like to jump into things, but only after being able to survey the entire leap. Do you remember years ago that wonderful movie that came out, Academy Award winning movie, Benjamin Button? It's a story of a man uh, who ages <laughs> in reverse and was played by Brad Pitt. And those who study Hollywood will tell you that part of what made that movie so compelling for so many people who watched it is that they knew what was going to happen in this man's life before it ever happened. And that in many ways is all of us. We want the destination before we have to journey. We want to arrive before we even have to take a step. We want to go, but we want to know exactly and precisely where it is we are going. And frankly, I don't know about you, but this has been one of the personal struggles that I have had in and amidst this uh, challenge of living through the coronavirus. For day after day, I read the news and I turn on the television, and part of what I get is people who tell me exactly what is going to happen. 
They give me a destination or a projection or a prediction that they want me to believe in. There's going to be a vaccine on this day. No, 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 there's going to be a vaccine on this day. School is going to start in August. School is not going to start in August. Here is when the second wave is going to come. Here is when the second wave is not going to come. Here is where you ought to invest because two years from now, these will be the great companies. These will be the companies who won't make it. And church is the same way. I cannot tell you how many experts in the ministry magazines that I read uh, week to week who have decided to make comments on where the mainline church is going to be in two years. Predictions and destinations for the church that are all over the place and often conflicting. But if there is one thing that I know about the coronavirus, it's how much I do not know. And part of the challenge of my life and walking forward through all this is I have to go without getting the opportunity to fully know what lies ahead. If that's you today, or if there's some a portion of your life where recently you've been considering a call uh, to, to go, but you don't fully know, I, I, I want to point out that from Scripture that just seems to be the, the bad news. God is not into math-questing things for us. We often have to go forth even when we do not know. But here is the good news of this text. When we are willing to step forth in faith and to go forward into the territory that we don't know, God always meets us there. That is what happened with Abraham. Abraham did not know the destination that he was going to eventually go, but Abraham did keep stepping. And it was in that wilderness territory where God met him. Very interesting, an uh, Old Testament scholar by the name of Ray Vanderland once pointed out that in the Bible, when God refers to Egypt, God refers to it as Pharaoh's land. In the Bible, when God refers to the land that is on the other side of the Jordan River, God refers to it as the promised land. But throughout the Old Testament, there is only one piece of land where God consistently refers to it as my land. You know what that is? The wilderness. For it is in the land of the wilderness that God always meets us, even when we're called in those moments in our life to go when we do not fully know. I recall the wonderful story of a missionary by the name of Virginia Law who was over in the Congo one night uh, decades ago, and it was a rather dangerous place and situation, and there was a guard who was with her, who had a lantern. And uh, the guard said to her, you know, this lantern doesn't shine very far. And Virginia Law said, well, it does shine as far as I can step. And Virginia Law, in recounting her missionary experience, said, that is our call as God's people, to sometimes go only in so far as we can step. Many years ago, I was in a doctor of ministry course at uh, Mercer University in Atlanta, and uh, we had a professor for a course on uh, church visioning, and his name was Dr. Larry McSwain. And he had worked over the course of his life as a mainline consultant for churches, helping churches with vision programs like 
uh, programs that were published by the Alban Institute for Church Research, or there's another fairly popular one called Holy Conversations by uh, Gil Rindle, and he used to work as a consultant for mainline churches in these programs. I remember him sharing with us uh, one day that there's a time in the life of the church's visioning process where the church must gather together and pray for the mountain of challenge that is ahead of the church, especially in the 21st century. He then said there's another time in the life of the church where the church must gather together to devise strategies and principles for how that church is going to overcome that mountain. And it is very important, he said, but then there is a third moment in the life of a church visioning program that is the most important according to Dr. McSwain. And he said, it is that moment where you just have to start climbing. In many ways, that was Abraham's call. I don't know how I'm going to get through this mountain of challenge, but I am going to take a few steps. And it was in that wilderness space where God met him. When I think about Abraham's call and this unveiling of Abraham's uh, future as Abraham continued to step into the unknown, uh, I'm reminded of two different stories that perhaps illustrate this idea of when we're called and not having to know where it is precisely that we will go. And they both happen to be stories that are economic in nature. Uh, the first story is the story about a Baptist chaplain who worked at a, a, a hospice, a hospital in San Antonio, Texas. And he was sharing with a group one day his faith story, his testimony. And he was sharing that in his faith tradition, his faith tradition placed a whole lot of emphasis on destinations and arrivals. And so he said that throughout his life, he always used to think and pray that one day God would come with a Brinks truck of God's blessings and dump them all out on his front porch and he would fall in love with God forever and ever and have everything that he needed. But that destination never fully happened to him. Instead, he said he had to just start walking. And a little by little, a door opened there, he met his wife there, an opportunity became available there, a certain turn uh, got taken there. And he said that when he looked back over his life, it was more the case that God's great truck of blessings went ahead of him. And rather, it was when he took those steps forward that he was able to fully see God's plan for his life. A second illustration that I would use to talk about this call of Abraham uh, that was revealed by God on almost a day-to-day -day basis to him, go in this land that I'm going to eventually show you is a story that a famous uh, preacher by the name of Fred Craddock tells. He said that early on in his career in ministry, he used to think about his life of faith as though God had given him a $1,000 bill. And his call was to take that $1,000 bill, come before God on the altar and lay it on the altar and said, God, this is me, this is my life, take it from me. But he said that the life of faith that he endured over the course of, of his life with so many challenges really was not like taking a $1,000 bill and presenting it over to God all at once. But it was about like taking that $1,000 bill to the altar and exchanging it for quarters, he said. And day by day to put your quarter in. 
And as you step and put your quarter in, God begins to unveil the future of God's call for your life. For oftentimes we are called to go even when we do not fully know. Some days ago, as I'm sure many of you in uh, the congregation experienced, uh, my wife Emily and I experienced a considerable amount of grief in regards to a parishioner who I mentioned some moments ago who uh, was a member of this church for many, many years, who was near and dear to all of our hearts, uh, Dave Yates. And as my wife and I were reflecting on Dave and all of the stories that uh, we were telling about Dave from over the years as he was involved in just about everything, uh, we were doing so on the anniversary of uh, the beginning of seven years at United Church. I begin my seventh year of ministry here at United Church today. And we were thinking about uh, the call from back in 2013 and back in 2014. And as you well know, Dave was on every single committee. And if he wasn't on your committee, you would appoint yourself to your committee. <laughs> and Dave was on the uh, search committee back at that time. And uh, when he began to start talking with me on the telephone, Dave Gates, believe it or not, would call me every three days, and he did that for six straight months. And Emily and I finally caught on to him after about a month and a half what he was doing, that he had on his calendar that he was going to call me every third day. So I'd share back with Emily, Dave's going to call today, and sure enough, he would call. Every three days, sometimes I'd be in the car, sometimes I'd be with my son, sometimes I'd be with Emily, and he would call, and he would mention some kind of idea or something about the church, and if he had nothing to say, he would just talk about baseball. And as Emily and I were staying up late and reflecting on uh, Dave's life, uh, we were talking about the call that we experienced uh, many years ago to United Church. And you know what? It really wasn't a Moses call. There wasn't a burning bush, marvelous uh, moment where I just sensed that it was all right. No, it was a little more Abraham than that. The call was simply three days at a time. And we kept on keeping our hearts stepping forward to that place where we sensed God was leading us to go. If you came to worship this morning, Hearing God's call to go, even though you do not know. Don't approach that call with a $1,000 bill. Instead, cash that $1,000 bill in. Put in your quarter. Walk into the light that God does give you, even if it's only three days at a time.